Episode 74 Cosmic Ordering Introducing Joe Gladstone on the BTS Creative Academy podcast Uncut With me your host, Martin Colton Got notes on you Joe Oh shit, I have got mental notes do people bring a little booklet with notes? No, no, just me. Just oh, me and okay. the notebook. I've got notebooks on every and I've got notes on everyone. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh Joe. Joe Gladstone. Have we started? We started. Oh god. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, thank Hi. you for having me. That's okay. Welcome. It's really cool. Yeah, thank we're in you. we're in the space now. So um I've I've started something new with this podcast recently. Right. I'm asking people to describe themselves in three words before they jump on. And I got from you. Resilient, mm-hmm. positive, and reflective. Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> Let, let's let's see if we can find out what they mean. Okay. Those words to Joe today. So uh, before we start, there's a little tradition as well. Okay. That's happening with this. You know the tradition, don't you? Because you've you've I don't heard know if a couple. I, do. I have heard a couple, but I can't remember what. So the they're not on every one, and and what's happening is people uh. are going. Oh, you didn't do that with me. <laughs> right. Okay. All it is is after three, we give a little clap. So we go one, two, three, clap. That's all it is. Like when an audience s- clap or just one clap. Oh, one okay. clap. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three. And we're in. That is the official start to the podcast. Okay. So here we are. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. So um You're what, most welcome. What's going on with you in your life at the moment? Oh well. What's happening um, in Joe's world? In my creative life or my work life or personal everything. Life? Personal Where? life, everything. What's what's happening right now? How are things? Things are good. Um I steered away from making New Year's resolutions a long time ago. I made a resolution not to ever make any more resolutions. Okay. And I stuck to that for a very long time. <laughs> That's a good one to start So I've with. broken it this year um, because I've decided um, to be a lot more positive about things. I think it's really easy to get bogged down in negativity. And once you start jumping on that bandwagon and getting in those conversations and things, um, it kind of spirals, you mm. know, and you kind of find yourself in a world of negativity. Um, and I've been reading a lot over the last six months about the law of attraction and manifesting and and whether it will make me a millionaire or not, who knows. But mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is happiness, you know. Yes, yeah. And I'm really focusing on me at the moment mm-hmm. um, and my family, uh, my daughters in particular and their mental health and well-being and, um, and my own because I think if I get those things right, then everything else will fall into place. Yes, definitely. There definitely is with negativity and positivity a spiral up and a spiral down, mm, isn't there? Definitely. Um, and there's like a little bit in between, maybe. Um, but I definitely see it as like like a slow curve, and then you go all of a sudden you go you go straight up into positivity, or the same with negativity, you can go straight down, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's everything from social media. So I'll see a negative post about. I don't know, parking around Sorbidgeworth or someone complaining about their builder or something. Mm. And it's very easy to jump on and have a say. And then you think you're absorbing yourself in that negative thought mm. process. Yeah. So I just ignore it now. Yeah. And anyone who comes up that's too negative in my feed, I just think I don't I don't need this in my life. I need mm-hmm. to get involved and absorbed in the more positive stuff. Do, yeah. Um and I've started to see things that, you know, maybe if something goes wrong, it's not quite going to plan. I'm really, and it's it's coming more natural now. Like I'm laughing about it, or seeing a point to it, or mm-hmm. you know, if there's that's a, hard to get to that place. 
it, isn't it? It's not. It's, it's hard it's work. Not, yeah, it's not just a decision, is it? It's not just a you wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to be positive. No. You take them things. I, I saw something on social media the other day that upset me. Mm. Someone said something that was a little bit of a dig against this, the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was like. It was. It was. What do you call it when they don't? When they don't do it directly? It was like indirectly. Yeah. Indirectly. Passive aggressive. Yeah. It? Yeah. Mm. Um, and about one of my guests that were on here. Um, but when I when I stepped back for like at first it was I was upset for about an hour. But then when I stepped back, I was like, actually, I'll let them just get on. They can just do what they want to do. It's not going to affect, affect me in any way, shape, or form. And I said that to the the person that was the guest. I said, look, just don't. Let it affect you because it, what does it matter? Yeah. You don't need to get involved with this. Let them do their thing, say their thing, and they can just crack on. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be in my life at all. No. And it's, I found a big thing that I really trained myself to do a little while back is not respond to something straight away. Mm. Something yeah. that hits me personally yeah. or I feel really sensitive about. Sometimes I'll type it out, like whether it's an email or a text, but I won't press send. Oh, Joe, 100%. This is what I did the other day. <laughs> I actually went into my notes and typed the reply. Yeah, that's the in best my, thing in to my, do. In my notes, in my phone, yeah. and I, I, it didn't go out, but it nearly did. It, ne- it was nearly this thing of like, oh, you can you can unfollow me, oh, blah, 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 <laughs> don't you dare, don't you know, all that. And then it's gone. Yeah, well, you've but, put it but, out in the universe, yes. so you've said what you needed to say. Mm-hmm but without the repercussions that might come if you do send yes, it. And, yeah. and then I think if a day later you're still feeling that strongly, mm-hmm. the emotion might be gone. So you can maybe reword it or yeah. <clears throat> approach it in a different way so you can get a better result by taking a bit more time over it. And yeah. and work out if it matters. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. Because like, what did that A lot ma- of it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't matter <laughs> at all. It really no. doesn't. So that's my number one focus this year. So, mm. you know, like I said, I've been reading a lot about manifesting and... and and gratitude as well. So um, someone who I admire, admire very much uh, spoke to me recently about um, an app, Three Good Things. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of every day, no matter how shocking you think your day has been, there's always going to be three good things that happened or that you can be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And if you can't think of anything else, it's that you've got your health, if you have. You know, you've got the roof over your head. You've got mm-hmm. your cosy bed to sleep in at the end of the day or you know your cats came up to you for a cuddle or anything you know sometimes it will be really big things that happened and made you feel amazing and sometimes it's just stepping back and appreciating what you have got despite mm. the whirlwind of chaos that your day might have been yeah because uh, they are there then moments they, they are, are absolutely the more we i think we have to train our brain as well don't we we have really to train do. our brain to to seek the positive or or we'd also train it again to seek the negative and it goes in that that direction doesn't it absolutely and you do find i don't know if you've read anything about the law of attraction oh, yeah, and, a lot, yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and it and it's so true like little signs keep coming to you like god yeah this really does work you know yes, and yeah. uh yeah and it's that mindset and that and it's i suppose if you're really down and out if you're going through the worst possible time it's really hard to pick yourself up isn't it and look for mm-hmm. those moments of gratitude and things um but i'm a huge believer in it Yes. huge believer in it and opportunities start opening up for you like you asking me to do this I thought mm-hmm. that's an opportunity you know mm-hmm. um to th- something I'm sure we'll come on to later yeah. and and then people start getting in contact with you that you haven't spoken to for ages and mm-hmm. you start opening your eyes and being aware of things around you that can make things happen or take your life in the direction that you want it to go in so are you religious or spiritual in any way 
that's a tricky question. I um, I grew up as a Christian. I, I went to church, went to Sunday school as a child. Um, in my adulthood, I've always said, I'm an atheist, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think that's strictly true. Um, I think I'm probably quite agnostic, you know. I believe there's it, something. Yeah, because when it comes to the law of attraction and you're trying to put things out there into the... The universe. universe, yeah, yeah. You're kind of saying there is something more, definitely, to this to this life than yeah. as we see it. And the guru that I've been listening to a lot lately, um, he's very spiritual, and, and he calls it God. He said, "But you don't have to call it God. You know, you ask the universe for help, mm-hmm. and, and and there's an abundance of everything out there, and you just need to ask for that help." And I think I like that. I I, I call it the universe. You know, some mm-hmm. people call it God or whatever, but I think it would be really naive. Um, to think that there's nothing else. It's like this place, isn't it? You know, it's well known for being haunted and spirits. And yeah, yeah. I think if you embrace that and you accept it, uh, I don't know, you just open your mind to a whole other world, really. You know, mm-hmm. so much more than just what you think is out there. So, Definitely. yeah, I think spiritual is a good word. Religious, not so much. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike religion. Um, I appreciate them all. I respect them all. It's one of my favourite things to teach at school. I'm a okay. primary school yes, teacher, yeah, as you yeah. know. And um, But they all have the same message. Mm-hmm. No matter what the religion, they all have the same core values of treat each other kindly. You know, what you put out there, you get back. And, you know, the messages in each religion is is the same as, mm-hmm. you know, they're all the same as Christianity at their yeah, core. So it's almost you know? like... Uh, uh, points throughout history we've sort of discovered and known as humans there is something more and there is something to giving and receiving and the gratitude and the asking Mm. and uh putting out the positivity we've we've kind of known that and structured it in different ways throughout history haven't we i think absolutely i mean there's the stories of you know the sayings like you reap what you sow and Mm. and it's so true isn't it karma whatever you want to call it um you know it's it's I don't know. There's there's something bigger out there, and I think you've got to use it to your advantage rather mm-hmm. than keep feeding it yeah. negativity. Yeah. yeah, and I've definitely seen that with with this with this podcast journey that I'm on. Because oh my god, it's been a journey. <laughs> like this is it's bizarre as well. Really? Yeah, it, it is. It's, in what um, ways? In the sense of where I was just before I started doing this. Right. I was a very lost individual. Didn't know. I you know. Midlife crisis, we call it that. <laughs> yeah, didn't know what what or what I was doing or um, where I was going, um, and trying to re- assess all the places that I'd been, uh, and yeah, so over assessing all the failures that I'd had, not looking at the which successes, it's easy to do, which isn't is it? Easy yeah. to do. Like I say, it was a downward spiral on the negativity. Yeah. Um, and then I had this quiet little period, and then and then this started up. Well, how did you get the idea for this? I've always in- since. Podcasts have been quite popular in the last five or six years, haven't mm. they? Oh, yeah. And I really enjoy listening to them. Mm. I really enjoy listening to... There's two people in particular, Jay Shetty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy listening to Rick Rubin right. as well. Both of their podcasts are, are brilliant. Listens to their... Um, I find them very engaging within my mind, the things that they're talking about, the subjects. Um, I would rather listen to that on a car journey than music sometimes. Music's got its place. I love it. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I've got a very busy brain. Yeah. And so for my brain, it's better sometimes to have some conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got into listening to audiobooks about oh, two years ago, maybe mm-hmm. more. 
And uh, it's the best eight pounds a month I spend. Is I'm allowed to say the names of uh, companies yeah, and things. We're not at the point of sponsorship on the podcast <laughs> okay. yet. So, so uh, yeah, Audible mm. and. You know, because I love this Rota. is available on Audible as well. So is it? You know, so Little we're plug on for Audible there. there. <laughs> Philip and voice work people. Yes. <laughs> we're both available. Yes, we're both um, active. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, I, I've always wanted to read more. Like, mm. oh, I've I've never got round to reading that classic literature. I've never got round to reading that. And you know, I spend a lot of time in my car with my commute. I mean, it's only to Epping, but in mm-hmm. rush hour, I couldn't be in my car two hours a day for you know there and yeah, back. Definitely. And the books I've got through, honestly, and, and it was a way of educating myself to begin with. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, I'm reaching out into all sorts of things to listen to, like podcasts and, you know, my, mostly novels, mm-hmm. um, sometimes um, autobiographies, biographies, that sort of thing. And I I can't, the only time I listen to music in the car are when the girls are in the car. Yes, because, yeah. you know, you can't listen to your book with other people. That's just selfish. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it's like. Teenagers yeah. won't let you get away yeah. with that anyway. So uh, that's the time when we listen to music, have a sing and mm-hmm. have some fun. But yeah, no, it's it's another bit of me time. You yeah, know, a bit and of you time. And, and, and also like you time, but you don't, when you're listening to a podcast, you don't feel completely alone. Yeah, because no, you, I get that. You you listen to it and you almost like feel part of the conversation because your brain's listening in and agreeing or disagreeing or assessing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what they're saying. And that's what I love about yours because mm. there's a lot of people that you've spoken to that I know personally. Yeah. It's great. You know, I've got to know more about these people and things that I didn't know about before or mm-hmm. have an understanding of. That's and wonderful. Yeah, and it's really, it's great for humanity, isn't it, to have that sort of understanding. Yeah, of we all want connection in some way, don't yeah. we? And Absolutely. Yeah, and I think and I hope that this kind of kind of gives that within the creative world, you know. Yeah. Starting with you know, I started with people in this small community that's local. Uh, but it's starting to branch out as well, bringing 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 newer people in as it as it's getting bigger. The ripples are getting bigger. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Um which is which is wonderful. So yeah. So basically I was I was like I love I love listening. Um I, I think I could give it a go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I also thought to myself at the beginning, I'm, I'm not confident as myself. And that's something I wanted to change. Right. I wasn't confident. I was confident acting. Where you give me you a hear sp- that a lot. Yeah. You give you? me a script um, and you give me a director to tell me exactly what to do. I was fine. But you asked me to be in front of a microphone and talk. No way. Yeah. Th- no way. You hear you that a go, lot. No way. Yeah. Professional mm. actors say the same. I was listening to... Um, well, it was when I was learning the Welsh accent for the last play I did. Mm-hmm. And um, it was Joanna Page from um, Gavin and Stacey. It never said it was her, but there's no denying, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no escaping her voice. Yeah. And she's wonderful. And she said, you know, I can act, give me a script and I'm absolutely fine, but put me on a talk show and I fall to pieces because it's me, mm. you know. And, you know, I know people very close to my heart, um, fantastic actors, and you know them too. And they suffer with terrible anxiety, terrible anxiety and confidence issues. And then they stand on the stage and they're just so wonderful to watch. And you say, you'd never know. And so, mm. well, it's because it's not me. It's so-and-so. It's yeah. whatever character. And it gives you that place of safety, that place to not hide, but mm-hmm. be confident, you know. And then it's just like you're saying, you, you know you can do it. Yeah, It's just finding how to allow that to become part of who you are too yeah. I guess and so for me I decided that the only way to find out that I can do it was to do it yeah 
was to jump it's in. Always and, the way. And I and you know it was only back in August, August September that I started doing this, and already from I can look back and assess myself, and I go I look at myself back in September and I cringe. you know like it's cringy and I'm still having cringy moments now as I'm doing this stuff but I'm like every time I do something cringy I know it's getting like a little tiny bit better yeah every time like one percent like that's that's my thing one percent better every time but you've got the power of editing (laughs) that's why the uncut version of this is going out right yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> so we released the uncut version first okay. so that we're showing our true authentic yeah, self. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing to hide. <laughs> um, you know, it, there might be a stop here and there if someone needs a toilet break or something. Um, but on in general it's it's uncut, it's fresh, it's authentic truth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with it, Martin. I so let's let's get on to your creative life at the moment, then, Joe. So what what's are you still part of the Hatfield Heath players? Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Very um, firmly integrated into the Heath players. So what are the Heath players? The Heath players. We're an amateur theatre group, um, primarily set up in Hatfield Heath, next village along. Mm-hmm. Um, our shows are performed there, um, and we're a fairly small theatre group, but. One of the things we pride ourselves on, our unique selling point, if you like, is that we're incredibly open, incredibly friendly, incredibly welcoming. I'm not saying other theatre companies aren't. Yes. I'm not saying that. Um, but people always come to us and say, oh, God, this is such a lovely group. I just, oh, I feel like part of the family already. Um, we're very diverse. We work mm. with um, people of all shapes, sizes, colour, religions, backgrounds, Um and diverse, neurodiverse, neurotypical, you know. So we we embrace everything mm-hmm. and we're not scared. I think the other thing we're quite well known for is we're not scared to take on challenging pieces. We won't just put something on because we know it's a crowd pleaser. It's going to be bottoms on seats and mm-hmm. it's going to sell and make money. Uh, we're not about that, you know. If we If we find something like that and we want to do it and we enjoy it, then great. Um, but we're not afraid to do the things that people might say, Oof, I don't know, I don't know about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the most recent um, piece that we did, The Revlon Girl, um, very hard-hitting piece, very, very sensitive subject matter about the Aberfan disaster, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the with the school that was crushed with the, um, the coal mining... Uh, Slag heap. The seventies, wasn't it? it was oh my 60s god! I or 70s. should know this. 66, yeah, yeah. yeah, I should know this because it was part of the script. <laughs> I should know this inside out. Um, and a lot of people said, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You mm-hmm. can't talk about something where children died. You know, a horrendous amount of children, hundred and sixty something." And why can't we? You know, and it was incredibly sensitive. Um, and there was an enormous weight of responsibility in taking that on. Um, and because of that, we invested so much of our time and energy into making sure we got it right. We took a trip to Abbefan. Um, We went to the graves and it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. I knew that it was going to be tricky, but I didn't know it was going to hit me as hard as it did. I really felt unbelievable amount of grief for what this community went through um partly because you know it happened to a junior school which is exactly mm-hmm. what i teach for anyone listening that doesn't know what what happened that day 
So there'd been warnings for a few months uh, leading up to um, the disaster. It was back in the time when all the um, sort of whatever wasn't usable coal, um, known as the slag, you know, it, it was it was piled up onto a hill. Um, and they just kept piling and piling onto these hills, and people said, "You know, this isn't this isn't safe. Surely this is not right." Um, and in the weeks leading up to the slip, um, there was a horrific amount of rain. You know, an abnormal amount of heavy, heavy rain. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a Friday morning. It was about nine a.m., just when all the children were in school, and um, the it just slipped. You know, and thousands and thousands of tons of um, waste just belted down a hill and just wiped out the primary school. Well, it was a junior school actually, seven mm-hmm. to eleven year olds. Wiped out the junior school and a few houses either side and a farm, I think. Um, yeah, and it killed instantly um, hundreds of children. 57 adults, mostly teachers, the head teacher, mm-hmm. people walking to school. Um, and you can imagine that, that what that did to that, that community, you know. Um, and the, the play, The Revlon Girl, is a play about a group of mothers that come together in the months after the disaster um, just for a safe place. You know, they can either talk about it not talk about it um a guilt-free space to you know laugh if they need to laugh or uh and the premise of this play is and it's actually a true story um one of the characters organized uh, my character actually in the play Sean, she organizes for a revlon lady to come along but they have to keep it secret because they can't possibly seem to be worrying about how they look or taking care of their appearance when such when, terrible yeah. things happen to their lives. It would be, they thought it would make them look selfish or, you know, uncaring. And of course, that wasn't it at all. But they realised that they hadn't given themselves any self-care in such a long time. And and, and throughout the play, the, the characters of these uh, women emerge and sort of their stories about the day and, and maybe their lives before it too uh, or since. Um but the play itself is is done in a way where there are so many funny moments. Did you see it? I didn't. You didn't. No. We're taking it to Hartford. Okay. So, um, so I must. Yeah, must you see must it come you along. Hartford. That's a competition. Competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, competition uh, over six nights. Right. Okay. Uh, six plays, and then there's an adjudicator, mm-hmm. and um, there's an overall winner. But there's also an audience award, so it's not necessarily quite often not the same as the adjudicator award. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is. Uh, Heath Plyer's won it a few times, gone on to nationals, won that too. So, uh, yeah, I think I've got myself in a loop. (laughs) No, 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 that's fine. You know, you've given us a a brief description of the story. Now, my my big question, my takeaway from that is why is it important that we continue to tell the story of what happened that day? It was horrific what happened, Mm. but why do we need to keep talking about it? Why do we need to tell the story? I think like anything, it's, it's to make sure that these things never happen again. You know the the health and safety safety policies uh, <laughs> policies <laughs> procedures um, <laughs> that were in place, well, or or not in place, as it would seem. Um, people had made noises about it. There were warnings. You know, that it turns out there was a stream underneath, of course, mm. and so when there was just more water, it you know that it just gave way. It just completely collapsed. 
Um, and I think it's important to tell those stories because I, I knew about it, but only by watching The Crown. It's an episode in The Crown. Same. And when I watched The Crown, I had to um, Google it. Did this really happen? Mm-hmm. I thought, well, it must. But, yeah, you know, you do, you do that. Have, surely you'd known, have known about it, yeah, you think? It's such surely. a big thing, yeah. I mean, it was, it was about 10 mm-hmm. years before I was born. But even yeah. so, you think, you I would think know about that. that. Yeah. You know, kids mm-hmm. today who weren't around in 2001 know about 9-11. You know, mm-hmm. people know about huge natural or, you know, terrorist things or whatever. Um, and I thought, I can't believe I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was a bit... Shocked that I didn't know, especially as a primary school teacher and mm-hmm. a mum, you know, I feel. So it's one thing to, to talk about it, but why within entertainment is it important that we continue to talk about it, that we continue to shine a light on these moments? How is that different? I, th- I think what was important about that was telling their story, um, having an understanding of you know, what those people went through. And now people today, God forbid you ever went through anything similar or even just losing a child. I'm not talking about a massive scale disaster, but Mm -hmm. you can identify with it and you can think, oh my God, I laughed the other day because someone said something or did something that made me laugh and I felt so guilty. It's like, I don't need to, you know. Through the stories, I guess it shows us we're human. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, you know, like anything, the, the... countless plays and stories there are about um world war ii the holocaust and things i think the point of those is you know this can never happen again you know there Mm. was numerous times this person could have been stopped or you know and if people could look back would they have been so eager to follow along and Mm. and probably getting into dangerous territory now but i think it's important to tell those stories through theater through tv and whatever books Mm. to to ensure that they don't happen again yeah, and I guess uh, you say dangerous territory. We're in a time where cancel culture is quite a big thing, mm. um, and you see a lot of um, there was a there was a, there's a film being made at the moment, um, and it's about the seven seven bombings. I remember I was pregnant with LJ. Yes. I remember it well. Yeah, and there's a film coming out that 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 part of the film is about the seven seven bombings, and there was this thing on the BBC News. Oh, should this be allowed to? Dis- to, to go over with, with a drama, go over this topic. Ugh. And it was like, well, yeah, how else are we going to... We, we don't go to school throughout all of our lives, do we, and learn no. about every event that happened. No, absolutely. No? So it's where the entertainment comes back, comes in, is where, it, where we can sit back and watch it and go, yeah, this, this shouldn't happen again. This is mm. what, how we need to stop it. This is how we learn, maybe, through entertainment. Absolutely. And there's st- people's stories to be told. And mm. and sometimes you look at some of the stories that have come out of uh, 9-11, most incredible stories of survival, mm. you know, and resilience, which is yes. another thing I kind of pride myself on being. But, mm. um, yeah, I think for me as an actor, it's by far the most challenging thing I've ever done. And it was really important to me to do it. You know, it was incredibly emotionally draining. You know, mm. I'd come home from rehearsals with horrendous headaches. Um, but it was just important to, you know, I, I love the comedy things I do. That's, I love making people laugh. That's like kind of mm. my, my favourite thing, if you like. So it was really important to do something that was, you know, had a really serious undertone and a really strong message and something that, you know, we could get out there um, I mean, I mean, we had people in the audience we didn't know until after the show, but we had two members of the audience who were from Aberfan and lived through 
the whole thing. And they're neighbours of um, another one of our members. And, and they came. They came. Mm-hmm. And they said it was wonderful. It was it, it was moving, but it was done just right. You know, it wasn't glamorising it in any way. It was it was really heartfelt, but it was done with a light touch in some places so that there were very funny moments. Mm-hmm. Um and, and they said it was it was just fantastic. And for me that's the that's, that's that the biggest accolade you can mm-hmm. get. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think, well they were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they lived this and if they can watch it and not be offended or not, you know, and come away and say that was really you did that really, really, really well. Yeah. And I guess it yeah, I guess we need to deal with these stories of care. Mm. And being tactful, don't absolutely, we? Yeah. yeah, and that and and you know taking that trip there mm. to visit to be considerate of of what happened to the people that still exist that have memories of the place. Absolutely, everybody you mm-hmm. talk to is um, yeah. My uncle went up there and was digging, you know, digging out trying to get children out, and yeah, my dad was doing this, and you know, my mum or whoever was you know working covering the bodies and. You know, everybody's got a story to tell because it's recent history. Mm. So um, there was a huge weight of responsibility um, in 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 getting it right. And, um, yeah, I think we achieved that. Good. Well, I look forward to seeing it when, yes. you, take it, when you take it to the take it to the festival. May, so June, half term, something May, like that. May, June, half term. Yeah. Good, all right. Well, you must tell me. And <laughs> I, I will, um, I will. I, I, I only get to go to these things if people remind me, if people give me a poke. I shall <laughs> remind you, don't worry. <laughs> and I had, I've, I've had, um, there's two people I've had on here recently. I've had Lee Pace on here. Do you know oh, Lee Pace? Oh, I know Lee really well. Yeah, he's been involved with the local amateur dramatic scene for a very long time and he's a musician. And yeah. I, I've, I've never been to one of his gigs. Have you not? No, they're and, brilliant. Yeah, they're, and I've Him heard and so me. much about them and... Yeah, him, him and, and me. Yeah, I yeah. saw that because Lee and I did Bugsy Malone together. Wow, okay. And uh, so I'm going back 30 years now. Right. And we had a little reunion about oh, 10 years ago, something mm. like that. It was about around the time that you did Rapunzel. That I was remember. 2016. Oh, okay. So, what, eight years ago yeah, then? Yeah. Um, and we went to see him. Me and him, right, and okay. uh, in the pub in Silverdreth, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's so lovely to yeah, see him, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I, in all the years he's been doing, he's me and him, I've, I've never gone out and seen it, so oh, now, really great. now I will be going to see it. Uh, but then another guest that's, that I need to mention that was on here the other day, Michael Casey, uh, local yes. reviewer of theatre productions, local journalist. Um, he talks about Hatfield Heath. He does. He's a big fan of the Heath he players. Is. Yeah. He talks about it on the podcast. Does he? Yeah. So it's uh, in for you. It's going to be in a couple of weeks' time. Amazing. But for anyone else listening, it's a couple of episodes before uh, Michael Casey. Okay. I won't tell you what he said, but he's got some nice things to say about that. Yeah. The no, Hatfield he's very Heath nice and. Mm. He's he's written some very nice and complimentary things about me, and mm-hmm. he recognised me here in the Railway Children recently. Yes, yeah. um, and that's nice when people start to recognise you and mm. the work you're doing locally. So yeah, he's he's really nice. I like Michael. Yeah, yeah. he's a good guy. So we touched on there that thirty years, thirty years of amateur dramatics, community theatre. Is that right? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I thought about this um, over today. Mm-hmm. Kind of where where did my love of it where come it from? Yeah. And if I go back to the beginning, if that's all right, yeah, um, of course, yeah, let's go, let's go yeah. all the way back, yeah. So I was really lucky. Um, just by chance, I went to um, a primary school and a secondary school, 
where music particularly, but performing arts was really at the heart of it. You know, incredibly lucky. I had this most amazing music teacher at primary school called Mrs Meadows. I think her name was Muriel, Muriel Meadows, if she's still <laughs> out there. And she was incredible. I didn't know any different at the time. I thought all children had the experience that I had at primary school. But she um, encouraged children to take up musical instruments and she would teach them in her own time. Probably paid. I don't know if my mum and dad paid for <laughs> Probably. Um, but I took up the violin. Good God. Okay. My poor parents. Um, <laughs> but that they could have stopped that at any point. Um, and she taught me how to play the violin. We had a school orchestra and we would, you know, perform in concerts and things. And she would, she was one of those old school piano teachers where she would play and we would sing in assembly. It mm -hmm. wasn't a tape, you know, yeah. or a record or whatever it was back in the 80s. Mm. Um, we had a pianist and we would sing. But she used to write her own music. Oh, wow. Now, again, didn't really have an appreciation for it when I was seven, no. eight, nine years old or whatever. Um, but you asked my mum and dad, she wrote this song called the, the Fire of London, The Great Fire of London. And it was like an epic score. Mm -hmm. You know, it had so many different phases through the music. And we'd bash this song out at every concert for years on end. But it was stunning. It had parts. It had um, call and responses. It had kind of overlay. And it, it was just like, it was brilliant. It and triggered something it in It did. You. Mm. And, you know, I, I remember my dad saying, oh, God, not the great fire of London. Because <laughs> it did go on a bit. Yeah. But... um I remember loving. Do you remember any of the words? I, I do remember a bit of it. Oh, if you, it, so I can't remember the tune exactly, but it starts off, if you should go to Pudding Lane, and it talks about how the monument's there. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's sort of a bit, and it says, fire, 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 fire. That's, I can't remember. It's very <laughs> difficult not to get into London's, London's burning. burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it, I can't, I'm on the spot now, so no, I can't sorry. remember too much of it. No, that's all right. Um, but yeah, it was great. And I just, I was so lucky because I don't, you don't see that in primary schools anymore, like full orchestras or certainly not in sort of the mainstream schools and other teachers I know. And then I went from there and I went on to um, secondary school just down the road from here. And again, just the most inspirational music teacher we had two, Mr. Ede, he was great. Um, but Mr. Belbin, Paul what Belbin. What secondary school did you go to? I went to Mark Hall. Went to Mark Hall. So I went to Tannysdale um, as my primary school. And then I went to Mark Hall. And Mr. Belbin was just the most passionate music teacher you could ever come across. And he, there wasn't anything that he couldn't play. You know, he played the saxophone, he played the piano. But I mean, he could just sit down and play anything, you mm. know. I remember thinking, what an amazing talent to have. You know, what an amazing skill. And um, he What did that mean to you, seeing someone so passionate? I think it's just inspiring. Mm -hmm. You know, it was really inspiring. It's like, I don't know, there's part of me that thought, oh God, I could never be that good. And I can't, I can't play the piano. It's my biggest regret, you know. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd opted to play the piano rather than the violin. <laughs> you know? And it's still not too late. This is the positivity kind. It's not too late for no, me to learn, no, you know. No. I can do that and I can I can play a bit, you know, because I can read music. So I can, mm. you know, I can, I could bash out the tune if I needed to for a rehearsal or something. But it's the playing with two hands that I struggle with. Um, but he was just, and because of him, you know, we had a choir, we did 
big musical productions. We did um, Pirates of the Penzance was Pirates of Penzance was the one that sticks in my mind. Mm. And uh, he really nurtured. If he saw a talent in you, you know, he would really nurture that and encourage it. Um, and I think that's where the love of it came. You know, the first time we were at primary school, I remember being, and again, it must have been something that a teacher wrote because I've Googled it and I've never been able to find it. Um, and I thought, I'm never going to get the lead role for this because um, it was a boy, mm. the little dunder boy. So if anyone does know what this play is, <laughs> can help me find home. it. Yes. <laughs> and um, I remember I had to sing this little song with a knapsack on my back. And I had my little <laughs> knapsack and I was wandering around the school hall and through the audience. And um, and they let me play the little dunder boy. And I thought, oh, I think that was a bit of an ego boost at the time. I thought, oh, must be good if I'm a girl and I'm playing the lead role and it's a boy in very sort of um, stereotypical. Was it was. And <laughs> yeah. as actors, we all and have egos. Not, and, and that's it, not a bad thing. No, I don't. No. no. It's not always, but it can be a bad thing when it gets out of control. Yeah. Yes, but it's not. It's not Your bad. ego protects you. Don't mm-hmm. you know about this? If you're about the law of attraction, how mm. the ego is the thing that keeps you safe, if you like. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too much into that right now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, I guess that's a different type of ego. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I went on and, and, and from then I thought I loved that being in the spotlight. I loved that. All eyes on me kind of thing. Yeah. And I think you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know plenty of people who hate it. But obviously within theatre, you know, yeah. you can't hate it if you like being on the stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I continued to do that through secondary school. Um the repertoire of songs that I know because of Mr. Belby, you know, he was obviously a very big Queen fan. Yeah. Always singing Queen songs. The Carpenters, David Bowie, like an extraordinary amount of songs that he would teach us. Mm. Um, and so I left school. Well, no, I was still at school when I joined Stage Directions, which is where I met Lee Pace and Jodie Randall. So Stage Directions in the town was like a youth, <coughs> youth theatre. Yeah, youth yeah. theatre. So we ranged from, I, I suppose we were secondary school age. I don't remember anyone little being there. Oh, and that was just my world. I just loved it. Just absolutely loved it. And that's where I built my strongest friendships. The strongest friendships I remember um, during secondary school were the ones that I made with my theatre group. Mm-hmm. Um, Why are they different? I think it's funny, isn't it? Because when you do a play, it's you rehearse for, what, six to eight weeks, maybe longer if it's something a bit bigger. So it's a reasonably short amount of time, but it's a really intense amount of time. You see these people two or three times a week for several hours. You rely on each other in a way that I don't experience in any other aspect of my life. You know, I'm not saying I don't have teamwork elsewhere. Of course I do. But you're so dependent on each other on that stage aren't you mm-hmm. you know you you trust each other if you get into a bit of a fix or you think I know I'm safe because I'm on the stage with this person <laughs> and um and it's like giving up your time so you you see someone or you might be the person who's struggling to get to grips with the lines and people say come around mine tomorrow and then before you know it the whole cast is doing an extra rehearsal because you want it to be right you know and you and you you don't want to let yourself down but more importantly for me you don't want to let everyone else down and I think that just forges such strong bonds between people and sometimes these people just come and go one show and then you know if you immerse yourself in local theatre um, you end up working with these people quite a lot and they become the people closest to you Mm. so 
and I, and I love that aspect of it and the opportunities that it opens up. I mean, stage directions. I was fourteen. We did Bugsy Malone, and then we took it to Czech Republic. I don't know if it was Czechoslovakia at the time. I'll have to look at my history dates. <laughs> but anyway, we you know we took that to Czech Republic and performed on a stage out there, and you know in our twin town, Harlow's twin town. Mm-hmm. I think that was an extraordinary opportunity to have at that age. And it's something that I've always taken with me, you know, and the friendships that you had with those people. Uh, and then where did you go next with the youth theatre company? Where, what happened? Did, did that lead you into, did you, did you want to continue doing acting for the rest of your life once you once you'd sort of left there? I'd all, I always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left school, um, I... God, I don't want to say, say anything that makes it sound like I'm ungrateful or that um, my parents stopped me doing what I wanted to do. It's not that at all. But it was, I felt, because of the pressure of school as well and teachers, you know, oh, you're very academic, go down the academic route, it'll be a waste if you don't go to university, blah, blah, blah. And I don't regret that. I don't, you know, no regrets. No. But I think if I'd have followed my own heart without any other voices in my head, mm-hmm. I'd have gone to drama school. You know, I'd have pursued it a bit more but it was very much the view of well that's a great hobby you know have that as your hobby and enjoy it but you know get yourself qualifications and mm-hmm. and you know like I say no no regrets at all um but I think once you get into university that becomes quite intense then I met who then became my husband and father of my children and like a lot of people around that age you I've sort of I don't know um just moved away from it for a little while, you know, to bring up my children and mm. and whatnot. So it was a it was a good long time. I think the last thing I did as a youth was um, Mice and Men again, Lee Pace. Wonderful. Um, Jodie Randall directed that. Mm-hmm. Great experience. Um, and that was the last thing I did. And then I was off to uni, and, and life happened and <laughs> got in the way, if you like, in the nicest possible way. And um, yeah, I, I took a step back and it wasn't until I got my own children into cats. Was, uh, like, a, like a similar... Absolutely, but uh, started young. much younger. Yeah, yeah, I think Ruby was still three, almost So it's four. like a, a, a drama, cats is a drama. Yeah, dramas. our children went there yeah. together, don't yeah, they? they do. continue they to go together. Yeah, yeah. class act theatre school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I refound my love for it. So I started, um, made friends very quickly with Caroline and Simon, still mm. two of my closest friends that I have today. Love them to pieces. Um, and they found out that not only was I a primary school teacher, so DBS checks and all of that, but I had this background in performing and love for it. So Caroline asked me to come along and support with Cats on a Sunday afternoon. And I did that for many years. And that really sparked that joy again, you know, and, I'm not going to say that I was living it through my children if they ever said they didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. I'm not that kind of mum who's going to make them do something they don't love, but they genuinely love it um, and they continue to. So it was when um, when you were doing... Rapunzel. What's the one before? Which is the one where LJ played the goblin? Was that Rapunzel? That was Rapunzel. Yeah. Yes. And I chaperoned mm-hmm. and then I thought... And I remember Beefy said to me, 
oh, I, I knew you'd come back to the theatre at some point. You'll be up there mm-hmm. next year. It's like, no, no, I won't. <laughs> and there I was. <laughs> so uh, so the, nec- the next year after that, I did the pan- the, like the pantomime uh, Snow White. Snow White. I was in yeah, Snow, White. Was in Snow yeah. White. I did not realise that was the first thing I'd done for about... 15 odd years I didn't know maybe that. longer than that I didn't know maybe that. 20 years mm. and um, again I, I loved it very small part you mm. know but I just appreciated being back on the stage again yeah and being in it with my children meant I got to spend all that extra time with them that's so rehearsals. special isn't it doing oh, a play just with love your it. kids yeah. yeah I love it mm. it's the th- one of the things I loved most about doing railway children this year and um, and I met Bernard. And we've become really good friends. And he said, come and watch me in a, in a play that I'm doing, um, The Last Romance. And uh, he said, Heath Players, they're a lovely, lovely group. Come along and watch. He said, I've got a play that I want to do this time next year. And he said, I'd like you to come along and audition for it. I thought, oh, OK, OK. And, and that was me getting into the Heath Players. So... Yeah, he did exactly what he said. I went and watched The Last Romance, which was fantastic with Jan Stacey and mm-hmm. Reenie and Tony Saxby. I think he was directing it and uh, loved it. And that was over at the Village Hall in Hatfield Heath. And I couldn't believe it when I walked in. It's like a proper little theatre when you walk in. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's incredible what we do with the space over there. And uh, anyway, yeah, Bernard put on this show Proof. And that was the first big thing that I'd done in a very, very long time. And, um, you know, you've got, your confidence takes a bit of a knock, you know, if it, when you've been out for so long and you become sort of out, like anything, out of mm. practice. Um, and I think so Bernard... You t- did you take a moment to think, can I, can can I, I do, do this? this? Yeah. I did it when I was young, but I'm a different person now. Absolutely. I've had all these other knockbacks in life. Is this... Yeah, is and it, I've got other commitments, yeah. other you commitments. know. Other commitments. You've got a job that you still got to Absolutely. manage. Absolutely. Children that I've got to got bring yes. up. Yeah. And I've got to dedicate this time to rehearsals, but it's not, you know, as, <laughs> as does anyone who does this but mm. for fun. You know, you've got to spend the time learning the lines. It doesn't just happen at rehearsals. So it doesn't for me anyway. No, no, <laughs> sure. It's an extraordinary amount of t- hours that you have to put in for yourself. Um, so there is a lot to being in a, an amateur theatre production. Is it worth it, though? If you, can, oh, if gotcha. you compare your time before rediscovering it, what's the value that it's given to you now? Oh, I feel like I've got me back. It's the thing I do for me, mm. you know. Um and the friendships that you open up again and new relationships that you make, it just, it makes me whole. It makes me feel complete, you know. There's no better sense of, it's that sense of achievement when you've put on a show, mm-hmm. not just of maybe a great performance or a good review or whatever. It's far more than that. It, it's it's the friendships that you've built and the the closeness and you know like I was saying earlier about the the trust you've got this whole circle of friends that you can you could call up any time day or night and they'll mm. be there for you you know that that is the best thing for me but it's just I don't know like re- rehearsals are hard work they're really hard work and sometimes you might have had a really long day and you feel really tired you know you've got a headache and thing but you go because you're a team and you can't let your team down and when you're there all those troubles just melt away and you just, I don't know, it energises me. It makes me feel powerful in a way, you know, that I can, I can, that 
that simple thing of being in that room with those people can just make all of those worries or troubles just disappear. You know, even if it's just for a short time. Even if it's just for that rehearsal period, that three or four hours of an e- yeah. of, a, of a Tuesday evening. Absolutely. But know. then it changed your mindset because then you come out and you feel positive and you think, oh, yeah, I don't have a crap day, but do you know what? I feel great now, yeah. you know. And, and you're around a group of people that you can, you become close to, that you can confide in and you become friends, don't you? Like you were oh, saying yeah, about absolutely. your friendships with Simon and Caroline and Bernard and and Lee and all these people yeah you know and, and me and you and how, like, you know like, yeah, the, the friendships are just yeah there is they're, they're priceless aren't they the friendships that you yeah get absolutely like absolutely no review in the world can make you feel better than the friendships that you form you know doing doing theatre mm-hmm. so it's it sparks joy as I heard Lisa talking about on her podcast and Mary Kondo quote yeah if it doesn't spark joy don't do it and it sparks an in- an incredible amount of joy. That's wonderful. Yeah. And that's, that's the same same thing with me. And you don't you don't realise it sometimes, do you? Mm. You don't realise it within the moment. Sometimes you need to step back and we need to talk about it like this to yeah. go how it, you have to go like how important is that to my life? It's hugely important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying it's all, you know, it's all roses and everything. There mm. are some rehearsals or some you know, that are really tricky, you know, and there are moments now and again we think you know, you have that bad rehearsal. You know that rehearsal about yeah. a week before the show. Yeah. Where everything just... Oh, and it's always bad a week before the show, isn't it? It's yeah. always at its worst. You've forgotten everything. Yeah. You've forgotten your lines. You've forgotten where you come on mm-hmm. or... Well, lots of elements being added in. You've had this, like, rehearsal period where it's you, the book, yeah. a group of people in a in a village hall somewhere, and then all of a sudden you're wearing different clothes and you've got a torch to hold, or yeah. a, you know, and there's all these different things. Oh, absolutely. And, it changes and, it again, and you're doesn't like, it? oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've got to get used to this yeah. every game, yeah. yeah. And that's why I, because I direct too, I'm currently in the middle of directing mm. my second show. Well, second show with the Heath players, you know, okay. direct children for... Years and years and years mm-hmm. at school, whatever. But um, I forgot what we were talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> that talking middle-aged about the, friend. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that very metaphorical like, where, where am I? Yeah, well, why well, am I here? Well, one of the, the next question I had for you is about your time at school. How that differs? You do so. You're with. You're doing the performances at school with the school children. Do you do you specialise in? drama or your primary school teacher is that right I am so mm-hmm. so here's the thing we, t- we teach everything yes okay yeah. as you know mm-hmm. um, I'm actually a math specialist at school a primary okay yes, <laughs> don't throw yeah. GCSE <laughs> questions at me um, so yeah we don't we have something that we as primary as secondary school teachers you have a specialism okay as mm-hmm. subjects that you know really deep and you teach to GCSE or A level standard or whatever um, at primary school, you have to teach everything, but obviously you've got subjects that you enjoy more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, as a as a primary school teacher, it will come as no surprise to you that the thing that I love most in the whole year is school production. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Christmas or at Easter in, in my phase, in my year group, and that is the time in the year where we do our big production. Mm-hmm. Now, I've worked in schools... <laughs> won't name them (laughs) where one year group did the nativity and then year six did their leavers play and that was it you know you could do your class assembly but no they were not performing opportunities and and I find that heartbreaking 
I find that absolutely heartbreaking. Why do schools do that? Why do schools strip it back sometimes? I, I, curriculum mm-hmm. gets in the way. There's far too much emphasis um, in some schools on the academic a- achievement. You know, I'm, I'm very lucky. I work at a wonderful school where the children are absolutely at the heart of everything. And fabulous head teacher whose um, ethos and philosophy is developing the whole child. So we've got this whole program of um, creative me, adventurous me, community me. Mm-hmm. So we reach out, we do a lot of work with the old people's home, one of the ones in Epping. Um, we take the kids on adventure days out and weekends, high ropes mm-hmm. climbing, and we mm-hmm. put them through their paces, get them to come out of their comfort zone because mm-hmm. the sense of achievement when you do is extraordinary. And so, you know, I've worked in schools where well, no, year three, four aren't doing a big performance. You know, that will take up too much time of the curriculum and blah, blah, blah. Without the understanding of the value that it gives to so many children. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, I know of uh, a, a boy in my daughter's year. Real loner. Um, was always on his own in the playground. Quite happily in his own world, but very, very socially awkward. Found it really hard to make friendships. And kind of went through school being a bit different, you know, not many friends. And then all of a sudden they did their year six production and this boy just came to life. He was incredible and he'd never been given that opportunity before. Mm. And what a shame because he had all this newfound respect from his friends. Okay, he choked up talking about Martin. No, it's important. Yeah, it is. Mm. And um, he just realise that as so many of us do who suffer with our mental health from now and again or anxiety or whatever he had this place where he was safe and he was really good at it and he had this newfound respect and I think what a shame that he didn't get that opportunity when he was in year three in year four in year five because his whole school experience would have been totally different but maybe it's changed it moving forward for him now I hope so. Yeah. And that's why I feel so passionate. Because it's like you said about <clears throat> it never being too late, even for children. Yeah, it's never absolutely. Too late, is it? Absolutely. But children's mental health, uh, as, as we both know as parents in the modern world, is so challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, we're having to, and this is no disrespect to anyone who parented before our time, but the challenges are so different <clears throat> and more, you know, with the social media that you can, they can never get away from anything can we you know in our day you were bullied at school horrific as that is you went home you closed the door your evenings your weekends your school holidays you were safe Mm -hmm. that is not the case for kids anymore you know it's they're getting them through social media and text messaging and whatsapp and and whatever and um that comes with it a whole load of anxieties and social media pressures and so on and so forth um but you know I, i digress but for me what i'm so passionate about as a teacher is um, yes, I, I teach everything to the best of my ability. But when I took on my new role at my new school and um, I'm like the head of year three, four phase, mm-hmm. I was like, do they do a year three, four show at Easter? Oh, they used to or they sometimes do. But no, well, we are. Can we? You know? And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I see now all the time children that I'm giving those opportunities to like that boy that was in Lucy Joe's class and it you see the change in them 
you know, children that are maybe fairly quiet, just sort of drifting through school, sort of unnoticed. And um, you give them this opportunity and you see how they shine on the stage yeah. and you see what they get out of it. That, the same thing that we get out of it as actors and you can mm-hmm. see it. And then they go on and you hear like five years down the line, they're still doing it and they've got the lead role in their secondary school production. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and but they it's even important for the ones that don't continue to do it. Like, for example, my, my son, mm. he's 18. He's not going, he's not got any interest in pursuing acting any further any kind at the moment he, d- he, he enjoyed it when he was part of the class act theatre school mm. the the youth the youth theatre club and but he got confidence from that yeah he developed a sense of who he was as a person mm. he was a, he's able to as a as a nine-year-old he was able to get up at my wedding and do a speech as a nine-year-old yeah, because of the confidence that theatre had given him absolutely and he's able to he says sometimes that he's not confident, mm. but he is. He can talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, I, I think we all have that inner voice, don't we, that tells us we're not we're not confident <laughs> yeah. or we're shy. But but if you can talk to people, that's a huge skill, isn't it? And mm. that definitely comes from from doing this kind yeah, of yeah, absolutely, it? yeah, communication. Um, yeah, which mm. is why I, I'm such a believer in it. You know, and mm. yeah, it can be hard work. You know, we have ninety children doing our productions to that manage, we have to, 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 to manage shuffle and, <laughs> and, and they don't and all love it <laughs> no no they're not going to some of well we're all different types of people aren't we some of us are sporty some Absolutely. of us are ap- academic some of us are arty and it's yeah it's trying to bring all those different elements out in us rather than just the academic absolutely absolutely and it's just you know and even children that think they're not going to like it mm-hmm. end up loving it never forget when i did a year six um show in my previous school um, we did The Little Mermaid and the boys were like, oh, rub it, oh, God. Anyway, we watched the film and then one of the really cool kids, I'm still in touch with his mum, uh, he's still super cool, um, <laughs> said, I think I'd like to audition, miss. I'm like, yes. Oh, I'm so happy. Well, before you knew it, <laughs> <laughs> they all wanted to audition. Oh, I want to be Sebastian. Oh, yeah. I want to be King Triton. Oh, I want to mm. be. And they knocked it out of the park. You know, and, you know, it just took one cool kid to say, yeah, this looks like it might be a laugh, actually. This could be fun. And they knocked it out of the park. They, you know, they realised it wasn't just all girl parts and mermaids and this, that and the other. But, yeah, and and that's just what I love, you Mm. know. And the teamwork that you get out of kids. You know, we've got the kids that don't want to perform. They want to be the stagehands. Brilliant. Yeah. And... You know, I have parents say, it's not the West End. No, it's not. But there's nothing wrong with working professionally, you know. Mm. So I have all the kids in black who are, you know, dressed in black. I think that working professionally thing is something to do with the commitment and the the energy that you give to it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And no, you're not going to take your scripts on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, you have got to learn your lines. And, you know, I don't want to take the fun out of it. Of course I don't. Mm-hmm. But I want them to get a sense of achievement. I want the parents to go which they always do. Oh my god, that was fantastic. Mm. That was that was so good. And there's something in when you take like this you say like the script away from them. They protect each other. Yeah. Is that have you seen that? How do you mean? The the, the, the if if for example us as adults, mm. if I was on the stage with you and I dropped a line, 
you would you would come and pick something absolutely. up absolutely yeah you yeah, would, yeah you would you would push me along or you would cover the scene wouldn't you yeah you find a that, way yeah, yeah that's absolutely. where that teamwork comes in you find a way for it to keep moving forward yeah don't you? absolutely mm. and the kids that take on the um the crew they think oh i don't want to act this will be easy mm-hmm. and actually they realized it's the hardest role that you can take on because yeah, yeah. the whole team relies on them mm-hmm. changing the set about making sure the props are in the right place who's got what at what time mm-hmm. And I uh, remember one girl said to me last year, God, I didn't think it would be this much hard work. <laughs> but she loved it. Yeah. You know, and she, yeah. And that's an important role to fill as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and really a, valuing it. We had Will, a technician on here, and he said that that changed his life the moment that he sat down at school next to the caretaker with the lighting desk. Yeah. And he, and he went to turn on the lights and switch the buttons. He said he just found himself in that yeah. moment. You know. It's just so empowering, isn't it? Mm. And and you, it's empowering, just, yeah. It's empowering, and mm. it's opportunities. If you give people these opportunities, whether they take it as something like Alex, who's just is going to build their confidence and give them those skills that they're going to need in their working life. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got to present to a room or whatever, or whether you found a new passion for them, you know, or one in every few thousand uh, something that then becomes a career. Mm-hmm. You know, professional work. You know, so. Yeah, I think that's what I love about it so much. It's just the way I can see it can change people mm-hmm. and can give you that confidence and, and gives you those skills. I can know, imagine you're power. a really cool teacher. Yeah, I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> you're a cool one. Aren't you? <laughs> it's like, I want to be in Miss Gladstone's class. I yeah. yeah, no, I do, I, I, I do have a great relationship with the kids as a parent described me recently as firm but fair mm-hmm. which i like that i think that's good i am i am firm mm-hmm. they know who the boss is but because i established that relationship we can also have a lot of fun as well mm-hmm. there are the few that try and push those boundaries of you'll course, always get that um but yeah right i i love my job and i love working with the kids um but the thing I love about it most is those opportunities in the year when we get to, mm-hmm. when I get to do what I love the most. Yeah, yeah. So last night, you know, marking books is the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Writing reports, so on and so forth. Planning lessons. Ugh, I hate all that admin type stuff. All teachers do. Mm-hmm. I love the actual being in the classroom. So last night I sat with my colleague for about two and a half hours and we were, we're doing Oliver this year. And we just announced the cast. And that, that is just the loveliest thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well done, mate. Well done. Oh, brilliant. And they're patting each other on the back. Mm-hmm. And there was this one boy and I knew he, he wanted the part of Dodge. And it was between him and someone else. And I thought, one of their hearts is going to break here. And you know that feeling yeah. when mm-hmm. you've not got the part you really want. That's part of life. It's part of acting, yeah, isn't that's it? A, that's a skill and something it. we need to learn is to, that rejection. Absolutely. It's not always a bad thing. But no. But we, le- we need to learn. Yeah, yeah, and embrace it. And do you know what? This kid, I could see his eyes filling up and he, and he looked around the room. And then he said, well done, mate. Well done. You know, and then he came up to me afterwards. He said, I, I am disappointed. He said, but... I know that I'm going to do you really proud in the part that I've got. And, you know, and I thought mm. that's lovely, you know, because you do get the odd moment where they go off and have a bit of a tantrum. Yeah, and you, you have to say, look, you've not read the script yet. You don't know how big your part is. Mm-hmm. You know, trust me, trust yeah, the process, yeah. trust me. And that's the beauty of, you know, primary school plays. We don't have to stick to a script. So, we write our own version mm-hmm. of things. So you can build in extra parts. Yeah, you, and can, you try and make it as even a... 
playing field yeah, as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Really. Try and give everyone an opportunity of, yeah. to do something. <laughs> absolutely. But the way they That's come together... That's why there's together. now a lobster in the lativity, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, oh, one of my favourite films, that is. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, so, what, so, so you do, you, obviously you're doing the, the teaching at school and you're doing your amateur dramatics. And in the amateur dramatics at the moment, you're doing, you're about to direct something new. Yes, we're directing a play called Drinking Habits. Um, it's not about joining AA. No? <laughs> no, it's a comedy. Um, so it's a play on the words uh, habits because it's set in a convent. Okay. So without giving too much away, um, come and see it if you really want to know what it's about. Yeah. But it's about two nuns um, who are making wine on the quiet and selling it to the local town um, to keep the convent going because it's not got enough money coming in and they're worried it's going to be closed down. Mm -hmm. And it's about the fixes that they get themselves into trying to cover this up. Um, it's a fast, so it's very um, fast paced. It's, you know, in one door and out the other, in a box, out a box, in the closet, out the closet. Mm -hmm. And um, we've got a character who is a journalist, male, who then um, has to pretend to be a vicar, who then pretends to be a nun, who then <laughs> pretends to be right, the okay. um, cardinal. <laughs> It's very silly, but mm. it's loads of fun. We're having so much fun at rehearsals already. We're only three or four rehearsals in, mm -hmm. next one tomorrow. Um, and working with lots of people that I already know, but some new people as well coming nice. into the group. It's so. always nice to have new people in yeah. the group, isn't it? It's new always, blood. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely seeing the same the same faces. Like you say, you build, a, you build some friendships in a yeah, community. Sure. But when new people come in and breathe to give... Breathe a bit of fresh air yeah, into it. Yeah, absolutely. Bit of new energy. Yeah, it really and is new lovely. friendships. Every yeah, every because yeah. it's nerve wracking for them coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah, mm. which is why you know I've I've always blow me own trumpet or anything, but I've always made friends quite easily. You mm. know, I'm a very open person, I'm very approachable, and I feel that one of my skills is putting people at ease. You know, I mm. will if anyone's stood standing on their own, I'll go and chat to them because I I hate that. I mm. hate seeing someone on their own. Um. And yeah, we, we had a new lady that came and just said she'd like to come and sit in on a audition, just listen. And she read and I said, you read really well. Could, would you like to be in it? Mm. And um, yeah, I went to see her in last night, last night in a panto in Hallinbury okay. and um, to support her. Because mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing about theatre groups, you yes. know, you, you, support you support each, each other. other yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, I don't really fancy that play, but I'm going to go because so-and-so's in it and I want to support them. Yeah. And, and what um, else would you do with your exactly. Wednesday night? Do you know, like go and go and see a play. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And you know what you think? Oh, I didn't know I was going to enjoy that as much as I did. Mm. And, you know, but regardless of whether you enjoyed it or not, you've supported your friend and yeah. that's the most important thing. So, yeah, the group's growing. Had someone else contacted me this week who's going to come along tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Just She just heard about us in the village. And Lovely. She thought she needed to be an accomplished actress or actor already mm -hmm. to join. I said, no, 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 no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Like, come along. It's, yeah. it's fun. And, yeah, so we're, so we're growing. So, yeah, that's, that's good. Lovely. That's amazing. And it's, it is lovely to play as an adult, isn't it? To oh, to you play, mean to play? To oh, the it's so important. Yeah, like, you, like we're going. I'm sticking with the new, the new, new people coming in and thinking, oh, you have to be professional and to to go into an amateur dramatics group. But no, it's just this opportunity to be around other adults and play. play. It is play, really, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And play is so important. Yeah. Play is so important. Yeah. I think I learned. Yeah, I know that as a teacher, you know, and and my school is very big on 
um, we've just set up a whole new lunch and, and break time play system. It's called Opal and it's about letting children take the risks that we've somehow over the years stopped them taking. The health and safety risks. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And let them manage their own risks. So we've got a digging area. Yeah, you're going to get muddy. So bring some wellies in, you know. Mm. We've not gone down the route yet of climbing trees, but some schools who take on this approach do. Yeah, yeah. And it's about, you know, let kids be kids. And actually, what we've found since introducing this more free play and more opportunities. So we have a dressing up box with music and then we put music on. Mm. And you've got year five and six boys dressing up in the tutus and, and just owning it and getting a, having a giggle and a laugh. And what we found is there was a, the lady who works in the office on Friday said, I didn't have one person come to the office with a bumped head today, you know, or fell over because they're bored outside and they want some time in, you know, mm -hmm. get the ice pack or whatever. And the arguments over football have gone because there is no football now at lunchtime because there's so many other opportunities. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, the importance of play is where I was going with this. And I think as adults, we don't do that enough, you know. No. And on holiday last year, I was on holiday with my girls, my brother, his wife and my three nephews who I absolutely adore. And um, Xander, the eldest, was can we all play hide and seek? Can we all play hide and seek? Like, oh, let's just play a card game tonight or let's play this board game or whatever. And all holiday, he said, can we please? And we were in this huge villa and, you know, and it had a hot tub room. It had a swimming pool, an orchard. I mean, it was enormous. There was the opportunities for hiding were great, which, of course, mm -hmm. he saw straight away as a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> we're like, oh, bloody hell. Right. It's the last night. All right. We'll play hide and seek. It was the best fun I've crazy, had in yeah. so long. Yeah. We were laughing mm -hmm. until our stomachs hurt, you know. And, you know, my brother is a real fun character. Um, and my sister and I absolutely adore her. Um, but I don't really see that playful side of her too often. You know, mm -hmm. she's, don't get me wrong, she's loads of fun. And yes, she's, yeah, yeah. I love her company. Well, we, we, are, we are kind of taught to push it down as we get yeah. older. And all these, like we are saying, all these other things in life come along. You know, all the bills we've got to pay, the job we've got to do. It all crushes down that play, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, and she's a professional. She's an HR director. Mm -hmm. And she's incredibly good at her job. And... And I've, I just, I hadn't seen that side of it. And it was just, it was wonderful. You yeah, know, she yeah. was laughing and, you know, I had the best hiding place for ages, but I was in the, the hot tub sauna room. So I was absolutely sweltering. I mean, it was August in Italy, so mm. it was hot anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to sweat it out. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, my brother, who it was um, like tag hide and seek or whatever. So is that if you were caught. And then tagged, you also became a seeker. Right, okay, yeah. And um, last night, bearing in mind, all the bags are packed and everything, and my brother then jumps into the pool so as that he's not going to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, oh, my God. And next thing you know, two-thirds of the family are in the pool in their clothes. And it's like, say what? So what, we're yeah. travelling home tomorrow, we're having fun, that's, you know. That's wonderful. When I direct, I try to bring in play as much as possible. Yeah, It frustrates like some people because some people are like, I just want to get on with the work. Yeah. I just want to read the text. I just want to do the rehearsing. But I know how good it is for bonding. Yeah, it really is. So especially if I've got like a rehearsal on like a Sunday that's maybe four or five longer. hours longer, yeah. that I'll go, right, I'm going to give at least half an hour to play. And we... and. When I did Lime Witch in the Wardrobe here, we had a hide and seek session. Uh. <laughs> and that was, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. It really was. Like the bonding that came from that half an hour was worth it. My girls 
said they loved they love everything they do mm-hmm. but they loved last year they, there was something really special about the cast and crew that you built last year but that's what i think it comes down to is yeah. having those bonding moments and they loved that they mm-hmm. and they really miss that when it doesn't happen and um as an adult because i i've worked recently with sparrow and luna i know you've had luna on here yes yeah and they do a lot of that and i remember thinking oh god Oh god! And then when you get into it, you're like, "Oh my god, this is so much fun!" And then mm. you're like, "Oh, is that over now? I've got to start working." <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, again, I guess you've got to find a balance. Yeah, you? absolutely. Yeah, find a balance yeah. between yeah. not too much overplay and getting on with the work. Definitely. You know, some people got like for me, I've got needs. I, I'm a really bad reader, so I need to read as much as possible. Right. With everyone, I need to have as much time as possible rehearsing. Mm. So if it starts, I did a rehearsal recently where I did a play in a day. I don't know if you've seen saw that that I shared recently on social media. I don't I think did I did, Martin. No, Sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. I don't have to look at everything <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> but with that, we had um, four hours to rehearse mm. before doing the play in front of a paying audience. Right. Now we could take the scripts on. They were fully the paying audience. There were seventy people there. Wow. Was and it here? No, 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 it was at the old Red Lion Theatre pub in London. It's like fringe fringe theatre in London. Oh, I went to see Alan Turing. I'm sure that's where I went to see. Alan Turing. Alan Turing. I'm sure it was the Red Line Theatre because it's a fringe pub yeah. theatre where yeah. it, it's the theatre sort of at the back of the pub. At the back of the pub. Yeah, up the that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. Islington? There's, there's a couple of them. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so you've been there. So you know what the room the yeah, room's like. Yeah, great. It's great a, little it's, space. It's a, it, yeah, it's a little bit like a rehearsal room with yeah, some chairs yeah. and some lights very close to you. But that, yeah, I had four hours with the script. I got the script like the day before. Oh, jeez. And being dyslexic, I'm like panicking and going over it like over like Ooh. the last, the 24 hours before. And then I do it with four hours with the people. But the director was trying to keep bringing these little games in that four hours. Oh, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> there's a time like, and a place, And I was like, I was like, guys, like, I'm really quite conscious of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to read this. We ended up rehearsing the last scene in prep. <laughs> Wow. Because <laughs> we'd run out of time for the rehearsal space. <laughs> eat or rehearse. Eat or re- oh, we'll yeah, do in, both. <laughs> in prep, yeah. yeah. But it, do you know what? It was magical, actually. It was one of the best theatre experiences I've had. Oh, wow. It was really, really special. Um, great team of people. Yeah, the director was great. Yeah. yeah. He, um, he was he was really good at pulling it all together in yeah. that in that four-hour space. And how long was the play? How the, long was the play was about an hour and 30 You're minutes. Joking. Yeah, with no interval. An hour and thirty show. Yeah, an hour in and a four-hour rehearsal. In a four-hour rehearsal, yeah. Um, wow. And yeah, yeah, it was the opportunity. The play was being put on for the writer. It was an opportunity for people to come and see new writing. Right, I see. And for the writer to share their yeah. their thing that they've they've wrote. It was part of like a little festival thing. A bit like Fringe that we did here recently. Yeah, with, uh, yeah, but yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in, intense. And I was there was there was probably a moment like half an hour before where I was considering running. Right, yeah, don't <laughs> blame me. If, someone, if you'd have come along and gone, Martin, was good go. I'd have gone, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going. Like, very easy. What um, a sense of achievement, though. But it, no, I did, I came out, and I. The, one of the things I said to myself, like, I came out of that, and I said to myself, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Like, And you don't get to do that that often, no, do you? No, you don't. Like, you really I was don't. like, I did that. I'm, I'm a terrible reader. Terrible sight reader. Mm. I haven't acted on stage for a long time. 
and I did it all in one day. <laughs> wow. Like, like achieved all that in, in that short period of time. And there was something about being just thrown in at the deep end as well yeah. by, by doing it intensely like that. Absolutely. There's a saying, isn't there? If you leave it to the last minute, it only takes a minute, mm. you know, and you just got to get on and do it. Yeah. But and everyone else that was in it as well, all the other performers, were, their performance went from being a normal rehearsal in that short period of time mm. to... It, it changed when the audience and the lights were there. Yeah, everyone's game raised up, and which it does. Yeah, anyway, doesn't and everyone, it? Everyone, no one, no one just read from the page. No. Everyone performed as as much of the piece as they could. Oh, that's great. Um, so I'm looking forward to finding an opportunity to do that. Do that again, I think. Yeah, I think I might good. even bring something like that here. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know it was something that people did actually. I didn't realise it was like a that was part of fringe theatre to do something quite no. so intense like that. I mean, my girls have been part of um, Magic of the Musicals, which used to be on in the summer here, mm-hmm. and you'd spend a week putting together a show. Yeah. Um, and Charity Night with Cats is a bit like that, isn't it? It's a few rehearsals and few then rehearsals. one day of intensity. Only one day really in here with yeah, you know, with the props and whatever else. I mean, it's minimal set, minimal props and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but they love it. Mm. It's and the audience. It's one of my favourite things to watch all year because you have to expect the unexpected. But that's what makes it even funnier mm. uh, and even more watchable. Yeah, because yeah, it's when the moments yeah. go slightly, slightly wrong. Yeah, and, and the yeah. pressure is is not there to no, get it word no, perfect. No. So there's much more freedom Audiences within it. Audiences are kind, aren't they? In general, yeah, they are. They you are. know, in general, they're kind. Generally especially, speaking, especially yeah. with community theatre, amateur theatre, they're generally kind. Yeah, absolutely. Fringe theatre, yes, because they know what they're coming. Well, to, they realise you know. actors not being paid. You're mm-hmm. doing this doing because this you love. love it. Yeah, absolutely. Love and nothing else. Yeah. Or you're doing it to support and that love. The and that love comes back, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the audience reaction is just. Oh, it's such a buzz, isn't it? it, it is, you know, yeah. when they laugh at things that you were hoping would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or sometimes, yeah, things that you didn't realise were funny become funny, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And if you can make them, you know, if you can make them laugh, if you can make them cry, mm-hmm. you know, you've done your, you've, you've done, done your job. Bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's next for you then, Joe? What's Do you know the future what? Looking you like? know what, Martin? I'm, With all the positivity. Uh, yeah, I'm at a really exciting point in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've made a decision to do something and I figure if I now put it out here, I've, I've, I've put it out in the universe now Good. and then I'm accountable for it. Yeah. So Ooh, tummy rumble. Must be oh. the time of the evening. Sorry about that. <laughs> I won't keep it too much longer. <laughs> um, it's something I've wanted to do for a long, long time, but I, I don't know. I'm a terrible cr- procrastinator. That is oh, one of yeah, my, yeah. you know. Do you know what my kids call me? Procrastinator man. <laughs> they Mr. say that procrastinator. They say that if I was a superhero, that'd be my superpower. <laughs> procrastination. Yeah, and I think that you know, and actually that might work in my favour because mm. I love writing. I love it, and one of my favourite things to do is write. Like this is really small scale, but like write my school assemblies or rewrite the school plays to include people, and I love making people laugh. And I realised quite a while ago, like parents would come up to me and say oh my God, your assemblies are so funny. Like, And there is nothing wrong, by the way, with a class assembly where they're holding up their work and they're singing a nice song they've learned and parents love it, whatever, because mm-hmm. they just like to see their parents on stage. I like to bring some fun to it. <clears throat> you know, so I'm doing my Roman assembly <clears throat> in a couple of weeks' time and, um, you know, I've got a Celt going into the Wode Salon because you know the blue paint that they would paint over them. Mm-hmm. And so we've got this whole scene of this warrior saying, you know, make me really scary. And, you know, it's, it's just like, 
oh, what design do you think will suit you, sir? Oh, yes, suits you, sir. And, you know, things that the lines that the adults will know, but the kids are saying they don't even realise, like, the humour that's coming out of it. I'm probably not selling it here. But, um, (laughs) you know, and I really enjoy that, that writing aspect. So for a long time, I've wanted to write, like, a comedy drama, you know, it might not go anywhere. It might not do anything. But I don't want to say too much of, of what it's about at the moment, but I've got a pilot written in my head. Mm-hmm. I've got notebooks full of different episodes and probably enough for a couple of series. And, um, you know, I've been listening to my uh, Law of Attraction books and things and about asking for help. So I'm, I'm going to start building a bit of a team. So mm-hmm. actually I've got a friend coming around tonight who's um, who's also good at writing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to put this kind of idea to her that just stop procrastinating it. Nothing might come of it. You know, it may it may be absolutely nothing. But I'm going to write it just so that I can say, I did it and I tried, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, yeah, see see what happens there. So I don't what's, the, what's the hope with it? God, if I'm dreaming really big, this, you're asking, you're talking to the universe now. Yeah, I am going to have a really successful comedy drama series. Mm-hmm. That's because w- what I, the premise of it is, ha- hasn't been done. I want to tell you, but I'm not going to put it out on here because someone sure? could, yeah, someone could come okay. along and steal my idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm all for sharing. Like my, I've had, a, I've got a bit of a theory about this. That uh, that for a long time I was quite similar. Yeah. Through not, not sharing, not not putting it out there. And nothing happened when I was doing that. Nothing happened. But as soon as I started sharing, things started changing. Okay. Especially <coughs> with ideas. And do you know I've read and that, so I should I should put my money where my mouth is, shouldn't I? And yeah, and, and the thing is as well is if if you if it if it isn't for you, maybe maybe this idea you've you've got is to spur someone else forward. What's, yeah. the, what's the problem with that? Yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Okay. Well, obviously, I've got twenty years' experience in in the primary classroom, and things happen pretty much on a daily basis that really make me laugh. You know, whether it, I can laugh outwardly about it or not is, <laughs> is another thing. Um, but the amount of material that I've got either from my own stories or from other teachers who I know and, you know, uh, everything, you know, there's just so much material there. There Mm. really is. And there's a lot of programmes out there set at secondary school, you know, whether it's serious uh, or more serious drum like Waterloo Road or whatever Mm. or the comedy stuff like Big School and bad education and things like that but primary school you don't see done very often nativity nativity is the film yeah Yeah. and that is the only thing i've ever Mm -hmm. seen that Mm -hmm. is kind of similar but yeah yeah. three films Mm -hmm. and you can see how much and how much people love that love it it's our Mm go-to you know love actually and nativity go-to christmas films aren't they yeah yeah and it's the it's the innocence of what kids say, isn't it? And mm. and you know, but it, my favourite things to watch. So I say it's procrastinating. I call it research when I'm watching lots of comedy dramas. Yeah, no. I love watching things that really make me laugh, and then five minutes later I'm crying mm-hmm. because that serious side has come out. They've got that message across, but then they bring it back with with some humour, and that's my favourite thing to watch. And that's my favourite thing to write. That's my. Mm-hmm. So that is what I'd like to do, you know. I, I can't teach in the classroom till retirement, mm-hmm. you know. 
I, as much as I love it, I think you do get to a point in your teaching career when you either need to take a different direction with it. So not be so much based in the classroom, but be more in a management role or an advisory role or something like that, or use those skills and go into another industry. Uh, And they're all possibilities. Um, It will be a wrench leaving the classroom, but I think... You know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily it's a young person's game, but it requires a hell of a lot of energy, mm-hmm. you know. And I just feel like I'm ready for a new challenge, a new direction, you know. And actually, those 20 years that I've been teaching, okay, a bit of maternity leave here and there. Mm-hmm. But um, the material that you have as a teacher is just... You know, you wouldn't believe some of the stories. <laughs> no, you've got to you've got to move that forward. Now. I have, you've I have. Ta- you've got to take this moment and run with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's it. You and put the, it out into the universe. Now I have put it into the universe. And listening to your podcast, I thought, well, look, there's Joel. You know, he hadn't had any experience of theatre, and he just got on and he did it. And I th- and that inspired me. I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, because I do have experience of acting, writing, directing albeit at an unpaid level, mm-hmm. but I've got so much material, you know, that got I've got to share that. I've got yeah. to. And then, you know, asking for help, not just the universe, but building a team. You know, I've got my friend coming around this evening who's also written. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping she wants <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't name her in case it puts her on the spot. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and when I did the Sparrow Luna production, they had a screenwriter working with them. And I should have taken that as a green flag, like the universe is putting something on your doorstep here. He's saying, mm-hmm. you know, and that person came to my house and we had a big rap party and he's, you know, so much fun. And I thought, yeah, I could work with this person. I just haven't been brave enough to approach him about it yet. Um, so I think, you know, you've asked me to do this podcast and I thought this is an opportunity for me to, you know, put that out into the universe, yeah, yeah. state my intention and now I've got to hold myself accountable to it and yeah. get and on we'll, and do we'll it. We'll have this out there for, for people to listen to and watch and for yourself to listen to and watch. And you can watch this in a few weeks' time and say, how, how far have I got? Yeah, how far have I got? How far have I got? <laughs> Just pen on, pen on paper would be would be something. Absolutely. Well, I have made that start, yep. you know, and once you get going, I have spoken to my daughters about it, obviously. They're mm. my best friends. They really Wonderful. are. Oh, I, I can't, ex- you, you know what it's like being a parent. You can't. You can't quantify that love, can you? Mm-hmm. But I'm very lucky that they're they're my best friends too. And they've come up with all these other... Oh, do you remember when you did this? Do you remember that school trip? Do you, you could have an episode all about this. And you can definitely have a Christmas special because, yeah, you yeah. know... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, I've done residentials, you know, specialist days, trips, swimming lessons. <laughs> you know, there is an episode for every, yeah, every kind moment. of aspects that and primary school life is is such a rich and exciting time it's it's no it's not really any surprise that I became a primary school teacher because they were the best years of my life Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved primary school I cried I kid you not Martin I cried for about two weeks for the summer holidays after leaving primary school Mm -hmm. felt like my world had fallen apart and um, I didn't have the same feeling about secondary school I just kind of got through it um, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. You know, so mm. who wants to be a teenager again? No, no thank you very much. But yeah, so it's n- it's no surprise I've come to be a primary teacher because that's 
that's the happiest There's time gold, of my life I remember. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think these kids are just, they're priceless. The stuff that comes out of their mouths is just... Absolutely. Well, you're lighting hilarious. up when you're talking about yeah, it. Though. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's a passion there, and I think that I think the, the the only thing that if I can offer you a, oh, any please, advice, oh please, please, Martin, is to just enjoy the process. Yeah. Because you're enjoying talking about it. I am. Yeah. Yeah. In, enjoy talking about it with your daughters, with your friend, and yeah. putting it down and getting all this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't worry too much about what the next step looks <laughs> you know like what? about people putting it on and making a TV series or a film. You'll get there. Yeah. But at first, enjoy the process. And the more you enjoy the process, the further it's going to go. Absolutely. It might be a um, one-off stage thing to begin with, because I know I can do that. I've got mm. the people got around the me. Absolutely. To do that, yeah. yeah, I could put that Which on. Which is a blessing. Yeah. Oh, it really is. You know? And sort of float it out there, see, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that work with animals and children. <laughs> 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 so you've got to be pretty brave. But then I, I figure... I'll be the writer. Yeah. Someone else has to worry about the directing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and all the rest of it. But yeah, I've put my intention out there. If anyone's listening who's got some pearls of wisdom or some more advice for me, then I'll yeah. welcome it with open arms. I'm a very collaborative person. Mm-hmm. That's the way I direct. It's very yeah. collaborative, very yeah. um, very open to suggestions. I'm not kind of, this is my idea and I'm sticking with it and we're doing it this way. I don't like to work like that. Mm-hmm. I think... As an actor, that's horrible as well. If you can't bring your own, what comes what comes out of collaborating? <sighs> Fresh ideas, new ways of doing things. Ways, you know. I I I first learned this properly working with Sparrow and Luna last year because mm. that's entirely how they work, and because they um, so far have just used material that they've written themselves. You've got that freedom with it. You don't have the freedom with. A scripted piece, particularly if you're taking it to something like Hartford, when an adjudicator's sitting there with a script. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when it's uh you know the the writer is part of the team, they said right, there's going to be a funeral scene. So we did like workshopping and activities around it. So have a conversation about the things that you say because that's what everybody says at a funeral. I'm really sorry for your loss, and please let me know if there's anything I can do and. Well, funerals almost so much worse, aren't they, when it rains? You know, stuff like that. And then there was this whole kind of um, workshopping process where the things that you really say, you know, like, oh, I didn't like it much anyway, or, or the drink was going to get him eventually. Or, do you know what I mean? Those kind of sort of not maybe not too nice comments or, mm. you know, and then... The th- truth. Yeah, the truth, mm, the you truth. know. And, um, oh, I've heard this, I've heard that. You know, a bit gossipy maybe, but... Through that process, everyone just threw out their ideas and what they come up with in their groups. And they said, that's staying. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That's staying. Cool. That's near the mark. But yeah, but we'll staying. leave that there. <laughs> but it's staying. Yeah. And um, and I really liked that because you felt like you were a part, no matter how small your actual role was in the play, you felt, oh, I'm responsible for that line. Or, oh, yeah, my team worked that bit out together. And mm. no, you, it, you just felt more invested in it, I guess. And um, that's how I like my actors to feel when I'm directing, that they're more than just a puppet that I've said, move here, sit there, stand up, go across there. I don't want it to look, you don't want it to look directed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You want yeah. it to look natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from actors telling you, I feel like I need to move here or that doesn't feel quite right doing that. And I think the more open you are to um, taking on, you know, people's ideas, mm-hmm. the better the 
overall performance because it feels more natural. Yeah, there's nothing worse than working for a director who says, why did you move then? Did I tell you to move? Oh, sorry. And then you're too scared to do anything. And that's a horrible place um, to be. It just knocks your confidence and then there's no, there's none of you in it. Mm. You could be anyone playing that part from that point. Um, and I felt like that and I never want to feel like that again. And I, and I wouldn't work for somebody who, you know, I thought would direct like that anymore. And I certainly wouldn't direct people like that because there's, I don't think there's anything productive to be gained from it. So, mm. so yeah. So this is where I am. I'm enjoying directing. Good. Um, I think probably after the play that I'm directing at the moment, I need to spend some time focusing on, because, you know, joking aside, you know, you, you need to dedicate time to, to, to writing, yeah, writing. well, and to and the writing. Well, yeah, so I went to family there because that was what I was, so, you know, there's all these different elements Absolutely. in life, isn't there? There isn't one, you can't do one thing, can you? No. Or you're going to drop the ball on the other thing. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and the thing, funny enough, when you ask me what are my three words, mm. um, it's not really a word to describe me, but it's what, if, if you were to ask me what's important to me, right up there is family. Like, my family's quite small, you know. Mm -hmm. There's me, my girls, my mum, dad, my brother and his family. And we are incredibly close, you know. And I am so lucky, like, gratitude. Quite often in my gratitude reflections are, mm -hmm. I took my nephews to their football match today. I go and watch them as much as I possibly can. And the mum said to me, my sister wouldn't come and watch, my brother wouldn't. And I'm like, I don't do it because I feel I have to. I do it because I want to. I yeah. want my nephews to grow up knowing that their auntie Jo loved them so much that she'd freeze on the sidelines, <laughs> you know, watching their football part matches. Of, part of their life. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I spend so much time with them and none of it is, oh, I've got to babysit the boys. Never. It's, yes, I'm getting to spend some time with my nephews. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm incredibly lucky to have that closeness because not everybody does. No. And, it, and it shocks me when I hear about, families that don't get on I just I just can't mm. for me that's a really hard thing to understand and so I do I thank the universe every day that yeah we have our ups and downs of course we do um but yeah that's the number one thing for me and it's having that support of family that makes me feel I can do these things you know that we're such a support for each other and my brother's not particularly um sensitive or soppy or whatever but I remember there was, I think it was a thing on Facebook or something, which makes it even more unlikely that he would fill it in or whatever. But it said, family is, finish the sentence. And he said, everything. I'm like, yeah, he's right, you know. And he and I rely so much on our parents. Mm -hmm. um, and the support they give us is unwavering. Um, you know, and I think that is really what makes us who we are today and ultimately gives you that confidence to think, yeah, I can do this, you know, I'm going to get the backing and the impact, they're going to believe the, the me. The impact that that's had on you. Yeah. It's oh, propelled you forward. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Knowing that those those key people in life are there for you no matter what is mm -hmm. just, you know, and I'm the same with my daughters, you know, it's just there, there's nothing I wouldn't do for them, absolutely nothing. And, um, yeah. That's wonderful. There's my theatre family and there's my and family, family family. But yeah, there's always room for more family. <laughs> but uh, yeah. That's really nice. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for, for being part of this as well. 
Loved it, Martin. This has been it's been really lovely catching up and hearing some of your your journey. <laughs> I've really I've really enjoyed it, and I've really enjoyed hearing about all your positivity and hopes for the for the universe. Yeah. Asking the universe, and I was thinking about my final question that I've got for you, Joe. And I wanted to leave it on a positive note as we're being positive. Absolutely. And I wanted to look no to the, more to the future. Uh-huh. So if you could uh, talk to yourself uh, a year from now, what would you say to yourself? Mm-hmm. When you're reflecting on all your hopes and dreams that you have right now, that you're asking the universe for. I th- Oh, gosh. It's a tougher, yeah, isn't what it? What would I say to myself a year, a year from, from now? now? I'm proud of you. Well done. You did it. You've, you've, made, a, you've made a good start. I don't know. That's a really tough one, isn't it? No, that was right. That was good. That was lovely. Yeah. That was lovely to come back to this. Come back to this final moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk, can I come back in a year? And talk can, about yeah. how, because that's really going to hold me accountable, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah, that's what I hope to be to be saying. I hope I'm not saying, come on, girl, pull your finger out. There's enough procrastinating no, going on. I'm saying, blimey, look what you can achieve in a year. Like that podcast was the start of something big, mm-hmm. you know, you got to dream big. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And that's been a big thing for me this year, concentrating on on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've never done that in my life. I've I've never really been single since the age of fifteen. You mm-hmm. know, it's shocking, really. And I made that decision to for it just to be me and my girls in July of last year. And without offence to anyone, like it's the best thing I've done in such a long time. Like I'm just focusing on me and my family. And what I want out of life, you know, mm. and now I can, I've got that extra capacity to think I've got my evening to start writing, you know, or of, um, BBC Maestro. I mean, that is such a, an amazing thing it that is, the yeah. BBC are offering. Yeah, yeah. And I'm currently, um, uh, I don't know what you call yeah, them, the, the most, lessons. You have, to, you have to pay for it, don't you? You do. They're yeah. always doing like 40% off. And right, so I okay. thought my gift to me this Christmas was sign up for the annual membership. Okay. Um, because I couldn't well, decide how much between. Because uh, I've been the... looking at. I, I looked at um, masterclass. Yeah, masterclasses. That's it. So well, I. No, because BBC do maestro, but masterclass is the American oh, one. Oh, okay, right. I've um, not heard of that. But masterclass is very expensive. You're looking, yeah. No, yeah. maestro was um, with the whatever percent off the annual. The annual fee was seventy something pounds. Okay. And I think that's access to absolutely everything. You know, there's acting gurus uh, you know there's um brian cox is one of them the one i'm reading at the moment oh my god his name's gone out of my head he's incredible he wrote ted lasso which is just one of my most favorite thing and scrubs oh my god what's his name can't remember sorry (laughs) (laughs) because i really hope to meet him one day and um and that's inspiring. I think mm-hmm. following things and listening to things that inspire you is so important, you know. I've never been one for saying, bury your head in sand, don't watch the news. But actually, it's so full of negativity, isn't it? And the more you fill your head with things like that, the more consumed you become with it. So, oh, 100%. I've been there. I don't want to be ignorant. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, you've got, you've got to find a balance between knowing what's going on in the world yeah. and doing your thing. Absolutely, yeah. and, and living keeping, your life and keeping focused. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, Bill Lawrence, 
There we go. It's his name. I'm sure it is. Check out Bill Lawrence. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm plowing through his um, maestro courses at the moment. And, you know, having that perspective of someone who's done it, it's Mm. like he says anyone can be a writer. Anyone. You know, you've just got belief you can do it. Do your research and get on with it. And, you know, and he says, you know, I'm a classic procrastinator. I'm doing this because it means I don't have to do any writing. (laughs) I think, yeah, I'm built for this. You know, I can procrastinate until the cows come home. But, um, yeah, a year's time. What skills are you going to use to help you not go to procrastination? Gosh, that's have you got anything? Have you got anything that's going to help with that? Have you got any words of wisdom for me? Well, when I've done writing, I've had a deadline. Right. Yeah. A false deadline, not a deadline of oh, I'm going to do it by the end of February. Yeah. I'm going to do it by a date and just writing something in the day. That's never worked. Actually, putting on a production. Right. Actually committing to a date in the diary of a theatre. Right. Yeah. Finding a cur- like a you've got you've got your space at the Hatfield Heath. Yeah. Actually, put something down. Right, it's going to happen. Then I'm going to put on a one act play of this. Thing. And then you've got to write it. And then you've you? got to write it. You've yeah, got to start absolutely. it. That's helped me. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's helped me have writing time is to remove distractions. Yeah. And being a space where it's me, a notepad and pen. Yeah. Nothing else. No phone. No, no phone. No TV. Yeah. Uh, no TV. No radio. I can sit there and do nothing. Yeah. I can choose to do nothing, or I can choose to write. Yeah. And and, the, and it's an interesting place where the brain goes to when it, it will resist. Yeah. The first thing you'll do when the first day you do that, you get your pen and paper, you sit down in that quiet place. Your brain will resist, but <laughs> at some point you start being imaginative, and mm. then you can't stop it. Yeah. Um, and I've done that and been in that quiet space for too long. <laughs> um, but yeah, or maybe set a timer or something like that, that you guarantee you're going to be in a quiet space with no distractions for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I've reached the point of thinking I can't do this on my own because I need someone else to hold me accountable. I need someone mm-hmm. else to say or say to someone else, right, by the end of this month and put the actual date on it, you know, yeah, 29th yeah. of Feb, as it mm-hmm. is this year, we're going to have written this and we're going to yeah, come back together. Two people. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you can't turn up with nothing. Mm. It's like, mm, can't be the one who hasn't pulled my weight here. <laughs> so, um, you know, and just, even if it's the night before, cause some, you know what it's like, some, you leave it to the last minute, it takes a minute, but then sometimes that's your creative time. I thought I heard a door. (laughs) Probably just the ghost. The ghost. The ghost. ghost. Yeah, we've got a ghost episode of this. Have you? Oh, I must listen to that. Yeah. Does he she make an appointment? Well, (laughs) I don't want to spoil it if you haven't heard it. Yeah, but go check out the a ghost story. Oh, I will. Yeah, I will. And then uh, I did a joint podcast with these guys called Synchro. They do a synchronicities podcast where they ghost hunt. Right. Okay. Um, But they're also cosplayers. So what players? Cosplayers. What's cosplay? You've not heard of cosplaying? No. Cosplaying is when you've got like a TV program that you enjoy and you you create their world, you dress up like them. Uh, for instance, really? his thing was Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah. He's He dresses up as a Ghostbuster. Are He's, they the ones with the car? They've I've got a Ghostbuster. I believe they've got a, I don't think they have, no, but some cosplayers do have yeah. a car. Um, but they built from scratch the proton packs no. and all the equ- film replica weaponry and things and 
um, that's what they enjoy spending their free free time doing, cosplaying. and um, Amazing. Yeah, it's quite a huge thing. Never heard cos- of it. No, look into it. Yeah. Look into it. It's, um, it's huge for creatives, cosplaying. Yeah. Um, and they tend to have, someone tends to have like a niche thing. Mm. There's a lot of people that do like Star Wars cosplaying and all the big th- Star Trek. Yeah, the things. cult stuff. The yeah. cult stuff. But then there are people that go into niche areas like like Ghostbusters, yeah, or or Back to the Future, yeah. and they take a, a film and they try and like they recreate. recreate it within their life. Amazing, yeah, cosplaying. There Cos C O S C O S play, cosplay. Oh, I wonder what cos stands for. Costume. Co- yeah. That's a good question. And anyone anyone knows? <laughs> Tell us in let the comments. Know. Let us know. Or we just Google it. Or Google it. Yeah, that's not as fun though, is it? Googling? It's not as fun. Google's ruined yeah. all that. You don't have to think very hard. That's anymore, really bad. I've had you? two cosplayers on the podcast now, and I haven't asked either of them that question. What, it means. what, what does cosplay mean? Costume play, I guess. Yeah, I that's guess. That's what I'm going to go with. Costume yeah, play. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sounds fun. It's funny you should say about ghosts because that's what I'm watching at the moment. Right. You know, the BBC. Uh, Oh no! I've never, I've never watched it. Never it's, watched and it's it. exactly that comedy, and then yeah. moments of, <gasps> you know. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, a lot of people really tell me fun. I need to watch it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Because I've, wor- I've, wor- I've worked with that that lot on Horrible History. I did an episode of Horrible History. Oh really? Yeah, still yet to come out. I did it like need need it like two years ago now. Oh wow! And it's still and not still, it's not still not been out. I'm desperate to see it. I'm only in like one of the you know like how they have like a scene a story. I'm in like one yeah. story. Because um, Joanna Bacon does. She's yes. done horrible histories, isn't she? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, she's she's someone that um, that may be on the podcast in the future. Oh, you must get Joanna um, on. Yeah, mm, that'd Joe. be nice. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't know me, I don't think. I mean, we've met and we've chatted. No, but a friend, a friend of Bernard's. Who's, yeah, who absolutely. And she comes and she's very supportive mm-hmm. of the Heath players because that's yeah. part of her roots. So Joe's someone that ba- was basically very involved with local amateur dramatics but mm. then often did it professionally professionally yeah yeah, yeah no. she's an inspiration because mm-hmm. i started watching breeders which right. she's in on sky lovely uh oh genius yeah again martin freeman yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. and she is just phenomenal in that joe he's just absolutely brilliant you must watch it if you haven't seen them no, yeah it. it's we'll it. really good hard yeah. hitting in places mm-hmm. um you know about the struggles of parenting and just how stressful it can be yeah. um but loads of comedy, yeah. Really good fun. Good. Wonderful, Joe. I think uh, I think this has been really nice. Yeah, it's been lovely. I, I, lo- I love all the positivity. I love where it's going. Um, and yeah, and we're definitely going to do this in a year's time. Yes. Catch up and hold you respons- responsible. Yeah, <laughs> hold you, absolutely. Hold you responsible accountable. to you, accountable yeah. to yourself. Is it the 27th today? No, I don't know. It's my lucky number, 27. So who knows? So 27th of January. So the 27th of January this time next year. Right, let's book it in. Lovely. Thanks again. Thanks, Martin. It's been wonderful. It's been lovely. (laughs) Thank you. That was the BTS Creative Academy podcast, Uncut. I appreciate you joining us for this conversation. If you'd like to find out more about the BTS Creative Academy, just search BTS Creative Academy. And so that you don't miss out on any future conversations, don't forget to like and subscribe.